Hello, my friend. Welcome to another installment of the Artist Acceleration Podcast. Today's episode is called How to Rarely Get Sick or to Recover Quick. Getting sick is no small thing when it comes to maintaining and continuing your progress on the guitar or any project or skill development effort. It can take you out and have you begging for mercy. And it seems to always happen at the most inconvenient time. And you can't keep practicing the guitar and getting better at your craft if you keep getting sick. I was recently talking to a guitar friend of mine, Jesse. He's an insanely skilled player. He works for Kiesel Guitars. Anyway, he was out of commission for weeks after he got back from NAM. He probably picked something up along the way. And it recently happened to another guitar acceleration graduate and collaborator that I'm working with. It's just not worth losing up to a week of potential improvement and optimal cognitive and physical energy. You end up losing momentum with your practice. It slows you down. It might even cause you to break an important streak, you know, which makes it harder for you to get back on the bandwagon. Whether or not you're afraid or dismissive of the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, the cultural uncertainty and panic is looming large. And after hearing that my man Tom Hanks, who once shared one of my old vlogs once upon a time, he caught the virus, I figured there's no better time than to arm yourself with an immunity arsenal. Now, I've spent years trying to figure out a few things. First, how to never get sick. Second, how to stop a sickness in its tracks once it starts to come on. And three, how to recover quickly from a sickness if it really takes hold. Now, obviously, it's ideal that you never get sick in the first place. But though I have greatly reduced the amount of times I get sick, I still haven't quite cracked the code to prevent it from ever happening again. I don't think it's realistic. It would be nice to claim that this deeply researched protocol I'm about to share with you will allow you to never get sick. But I think that's ridiculous. And I'm properly suspicious of anyone who claims such a thing because everybody and everybody is different. There's no one size fits all for preventing any and all types of sickness, obviously. So, but if you do get sick, you want to learn how to detect it and take immediate action before uh, it gets any worse. You want to prevent it from progressing, reverse it before it reverses you. And if you're already in the thick of it and just want to cut down the length of time, the duration you're sick, all of these suggestions can help too. Now, I have to do a required disclaimer here. I'm primarily talking about the common cold and the flu here. There are more serious forms of illnesses that you'll need to address differently. And though my protocol might help, I mean, it's what I use, it's what I'm doing right now. I'm not your doctor. Furthermore, I'm making the assumption that you are already reasonably healthy. This protocol isn't a good place to start if you're seriously physically compromised. And you shouldn't take any of my suggestions without first consulting with your medical advisor. Also, I'm no expert in this area. I just do my own research, and I do a lot of it. I read widely and deeply, and I run a lot of experiments. But that's not the same thing as being professionally qualified. I'm just showing you what's worked for me to combat colds and flus, which are the things that seem to crop up and get passed around a few times per year, and can happen at unexpected times, and never at an ideal time. The protocol I'm about to share is the same one I'm using right now in light of the coronavirus. As far as the coronavirus is concerned, I won't be detailing best practices that are well represented elsewhere but I will do a quick overview. Cover your mouth when you sneeze and cough. Using the inside of your elbow or shirt works better than using your hands. Wash your hands frequently and properly. Sing happy birthday to yourself twice and firmly scrub every inch with effective soap. Critically, and this is probably the most important thing, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. If you can train yourself to do this regardless of whether or not your hands are clean, you'll get a disproportionately useful benefit. It just is so useful when it comes to preventing things from spreading and obviously preventing you from getting sick in the first place. If you want to get sick once a year or less instead of every season, stop touching your face holes. 
Take measures to prevent your exposure to viruses and bacteria in general. Social distancing and working from home is a key factor in flattening the curve, as they say, which, which uh, reduces the spread of the virus. And it won't hurt to take the time to clean your fretboard and your strings or change your strings entirely. The guitar is a bacteria magnet, obviously. To be extra cautious for the time being, I'd wash your hands before and after you play every time you play. It seems that the coronavirus doesn't survive long on most surfaces and that most common household disinfectants can kill it, but it's still better safe than sorry, especially if you're older, male, and already immunocompromised. All right, so with that disclaimer out of the way, let's dive into the protocol. First, detect the sickness as soon as possible. For me, there is a telltale discomfort in my throat. Every single time this happens, it's a hint to me that my body is wrestling with something. Sometimes I also get the slightest random trickle of snot dripping out of my nose. This isn't as sure a sign as the throat scratch that I referred to, but it's a good one. I also keep track of my heart rate variability with a aura ring I wear on my finger. When I meditate in the morning, uh, afterward, if I notice that my heart rate variability or HRV is low, it's often a sign that I might be coming down with something. So I take care to rest and recover more than usual, and I don't push myself too much. This will usually put me back on track within 24 hours. If it's progressed to the throat scratch, I really have to whip out the big guns, which we'll cover in a minute. And then I have to prioritize sleep. I do this anyway, but I take extra care when I'm feeling sick. I eat light and I eat right. This is obviously a loaded topic and varies from body to body. But as a general rule, reduce or eliminate inflammatory foods like refined sugars, fried foods, trans fats, and gluten. And I have to stop pushing myself. It sometimes means a bunch of things I planned on doing are no longer an option, but it's worth canceling my plans because the longer-term consequences are way worse than the short-term cost. I'll usually forego guitar practice, actually, entirely. Rap practice, strength training exercises, or anything else that is going to require myself to push heavily. As long as I do this for 24 hours and I just take a break, I tend to be fine. Next, slay the sickness as soon as possible. You can do this first by hydrating. Your body is about 60% water. The brain and the heart alone are about 73% water. You need plenty of it for your body to function optimally. As a general rule, drink half your body weight in ounces per day. And make sure you hydrate first thing in the morning. And you lose about a pound or more of water while you're sleeping. So you'll need lots of water for your blood and lymph fluids. Ideally, the water that you're drinking is as good as you can get it. I mean, not all water is created equal, unfortunately. You can favor natural spring water, which you can get at findaspring.com. And if you want to go hand with the water you drink, here's how you can roll. Make it purified, mineral rich. You could just add some Himalayan sea salt with some lemon, fresh squeezed or apple cider vinegar. Do that occasionally. You can blend your water to activate its fourth phase, just some research done by Gerald Pollack. You can get a conga machine, if you can swing it, for some alkaline water. And you can make it hydrolyzed and add some electrolytes. Now, all that might seem ridiculous. I sure think it is. But at the same time, I've been messing around with water for a while, and I'm now officially a water snob, and I have no shame about it. I drink half my body weight in water every day, like I said, so I might as well be drinking the good stuff. Then, walk, stretch, and get some sun. It pays to take it easy and rest if you're sick, but not entirely. You still need to move around. It's counterintuitive, but being in bed all day can make the sickness last longer, not shorter. Walk at around 1.8 miles per hour for 60 minutes to keep your lymph nodes clear. You can also do some light stretching or yoga, but don't overdo it. Just get your body moving. You can rebound, jump on a trampoline, or vibrate. One way or another, you just want to engage in some low-level physical activity if at all possible. And if you're too sick to move, do what you can to sweat just to keep the lymph fluid circulating. You can just pile on the blankets while you rest. 
It also helps to wear loose clothing. You don't want to place unnecessary restriction on your lymph vessels, so favor boxers over briefs. Get at least 10 minutes of direct sunlight, ideally on as much of your skin as possible. You're primarily doing this for the vitamin D, but if you're having a hard time sleeping, it can help with that too, so long as you do it during the morning hours. If you live somewhere where getting sunlight isn't an option, then you can add and supplement with vitamin D, uh, but be sure to add vitamin A and K as well. It allows for better absorption of the vitamin D. You can just make the sunlight exposure part of some other routine in your day, like drinking your coffee. It makes it easy. And again, this isn't time to go into diet, but diet is critical, so you want to eat well. There's a video that you can watch on the blog post and the show notes that accompany this podcast just to see what that might mean. And I recommend eating plenty of probiotic fermented foods to support your gut bacteria, such as coconut yogurt, kefir, sauerkraut, pickles, kimchi, miso, and the occasional glass of kombucha. For probiotics, I also highly recommend Seed, Seed.com, and P3Ohm, which is created by a company called Bioptimizers, and using some digestive enzymes. There's a product called Masszymes by Bioptimizers that's been a complete game changer for my gut and my brain. Uh, the enzymes just ensure you're absorbing the nutrients and breaking down the food properly so as to alleviate as much stress on your gut as possible. Now, with that being said, let's move on to the aforementioned big guns. Here's what I supplement with to slay the sickness. Ionic zinc acetate, elderberry, oregano oil, mushrooms, echinacea, sleepy tea, bone broth, propolis, vitamin C, restore, and colostrum. You can read the breakdowns on how and why these things work on the blog and the show notes accompanied with this episode. I don't pretend to be an expert on these matters, so on the blog I do some heavy quoting of citations from other experts who have really substantiated why these things work as well as they do. I draw a lot from Ben Greenfield and his book Boundless, which is highly recommended. It's seriously, it's been a lifesaver for me. As soon as you suspect you have cold symptoms, pop a zinc acetate lozenge. Let it dissolve in your mouth, which takes about 20 minutes, and pop a new lozenge every two to three hours until your symptoms are gone. Be sure to supplement with copper too if you're surpassing 50 milligrams of zinc per day. The key is you only have about two or three days before it's too late to use zinc, which allows the replicating of the virus inside of your system to no longer spread. So after you've already been sick, zinc doesn't seem to do that much for you, but it's something that I swear by if you can act fast. With the elderberry, I drop the syrup once in the morning and once in the evening. The regno oil, I put six drops into a capsule and swallow it once a day. Otherwise, it's just a little rough on the mouth or you got to dilute it with water. The mushroom mix that I use is from a company called Four Sigmatic. It's this nice blend of all kinds of mushrooms and really does, does the body good. I put a teaspoon of that mushroom mix, which you could also make at home inexpensively, into my cup of coffee in the morning. It's got plenty of vitamin C, which is nice, from rose hips. It's got chaga, reishi, cordyceps, lion's mane, which can also benefit the production of myelin for those out there who want to preserve and protect your myelin. Shiitake and a bunch of other immune-boosting mushrooms. Highly recommended. For echinacea, I use a detox tea that works pretty well. It can also serve as a nice performance boost, which is cool. can lead to some better gains during your guitar practice sessions. I use a sleepy tea. This really just comes down to you need your sleep, and the sleep needs to be sound. So you need it more than you usually do, and you're far less likely to get it if you're using sleep drugs like a Benadryl or something to knock you out. It's a bummer because it'd be nice to just take a pill, pass out, and get the restorative sleep that you're going for. But studies rule this out, and it's just the rough truth. So I often drink this sleepy tea a couple hours before bedtime. Otherwise, my bladder will wake me up in the middle of the night. And of course, the sleepy tea is often not enough, but it might help. 
Now, I use a comical cornucopia of things to get the best sleep I can. In fact, my entire sleep routine and the tools I use deserve at least an entire blog post and podcast episode with some video demonstrations. I'll probably put that together at some point, but you can watch the video on the blog, which is carved out of the Guitar Acceleration bio-upgrading module for an overview of some of the things that I do to ensure sound sleep. Bone broth, obviously, it's definitely not a vegan option, but for those who roll that way, it's something that I can't exclude from the list. It's extremely useful, time-tested, and proven. Just simmer some bone broth, drink it for lunch. I think it goes well with a nice post-exercise routine. Propolis, definitely worth adding to your arsenal. You can actually get this in the elderberry syrup that I linked to on the blog post, along with some echinacea. You can take it once in the morning, once in the evening. And vitamin C. It seems to be that if you do this twice a day, you take about 200 milligrams. That's about all that the body can absorb, but it is helpful. And Restore, just a supplement, and Colostrum. I think these are fantastic. They're also fantastic for helping you build muscle. Gaining muscles help you play the guitar faster with more endurance and less susceptibility to injury, which is nice. I use Keon's Colostrum. You can get it at getkeon.com twice a day. I do it once with my morning decaf and once with my lunch. Like I said, you can get all the details about how and why these things work in the show notes. I want to respect your time as you're listening to this today. You can reference that and it's a little bit easier and it's a little bit headier to dive into those citations. So there's much more that you can do to prevent or slay the sickness and get back to practicing, of course. But these are what I have found to work best for me. Some of these items are admittedly not cheap, so I put them in order of priority in terms of what I feel gives me the biggest bang for my buck. If you can only pick one of these things and time it right, roll with the zinc lozenges. I'm going to pop one of these as soon as I'm done recording this. It's wild how much they can help. They're effective and affordable. If the sickness has already started, however, go for the oregano oil. Now, some optional and highly encouraged moves that you can make without supplementation include using a photo biomodulation device if you have one. These are expensive. I use the Juve full body light, but I justify the cost because it's a non-negotiable part of what I do to keep my wrists in a functioning state for my guitar and for my writing. So do the red lighting in the morning just to simulate sunrise or in the evening to simulate sunset or both. I do 10-minute sessions, fully naked, 5 minutes in front and 5 minutes in back. Just turn it around. Another optional thing is cold thermogenesis. The easiest way to do this is to take a contrast shower. Move from near scolding hot, which is one extreme, to ice freezing cold, which is the other extreme. Do this 10 times or so, giving double the amount of time to the cold water. Just let it hit your chest and face in particular. The heat will help you sweat. Perspiration seems to be one of the main mechanisms by which the body eliminates toxins. And the cold will boost your immune system. Now, in my experience, cold thermogenesis is better to do before you get sick. And it's better to avoid when the sickness first starts coming on. There's no need to add even more stress to your system. And cold thermogenesis is a hermetic stressor. It forces you to adapt to an extreme circumstance to prepare your immune system for future stressors. You can think of it like this. This is an analogy that I borrowed from Nathan Lorzon that I thought was on point. If your house gets robbed, you would probably respond by adding more security measures in the future, such as cameras, alarms, a guard dog, and a shotgun, right? That's kind of like what your immune system does when it's exposed to extreme cold. The cold is the robber, and after that acute stress, your body becomes more prepared for such stresses in the future and mustering more forces to protect your body. If the sickness has already taken hold of you, all of these steps still apply. When you start to notice that you're feeling better, take care to still take it easy for at least 24 hours, ideally 48. You don't want to give the sickness any excuse to resurge. Make sure you're fully recovered and lean on the side of caution if you're unsure. And that's it. That's what I do. It cuts a seven-day slog into a one- to two-day detour, if I get sick at all. 
and I'm still able to get plenty of work done. I spend the first day reading a lot, and by the next day, I'm already feeling almost right as rain, so I do a bunch of maintenance work for my business, and then I'm back to deep practicing with little to no momentum lost. I swear by it. I hope it serves you well. Of course, none of these options are guaranteed to prevent a sickness from taking hold, let alone a coronavirus, which is still ill understood and in need of research, and always consult your medical care provider before doing anything that might have an acute or long-lasting impact on your body. Stay safe out there, continue to skill up, and remember, we're in this together, playfully practicing and always improving. Don't let the coronavirus or anything else get you down for long because you have music to make that no one has ever heard, and I'm standing by to hear it. I know there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt going on right now. People are hunkering down, hiding from the coronavirus, and lying awake at night. The whispers about a recession have them worried. The pandemic has them stockpiling. I mean, my brother sent me a photo last night when he went to go shopping, and it's just nothing but empty shelves. Now, I'm not worried, because I'm prepared. I know what I'm about to say is a departure from our typical conversation about guitar, practice, and music, but this is all about the accelerated acquisition of what I consider to be an essential skill. See, I weathered the Great Recession in 2008 fairly well. I mean, I was lucky enough to be at the right place at the right time, for sure, but I was also just barely smart enough to know it. So I skilled up, and I made many profitable moves in the trading and investing space. I then pivoted from those successes to co-found a survival and preparedness company with a cadre of ex-CIA agents, Navy SEALs, and other special forces operators. Now that was then, but if there are more economic upheavals around the corner, I plan to do even better this time around. As Warren Buffett, one of the richest people on the planet, put it, be greedy when everyone is fearful, and fearful when everyone is greedy. Now I'm not actually greedy, but he speaks to the principle there that I think really counts. Pandemics are rough, recessions are rough, they can be harrowing and heartbreaking on multiple fronts and I don't take it lightly, but should things get worse, I do see a light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. A savvy few who play economic crises well can turn lemons into lemonade. In fact, many multimillionaires and billionaires are minted during the most trying of economic times. But it requires the right knowledge, the right timing, this is crucial, a healthy amount of patience, and strict discipline. And of course, if you're playing with the markets, trading and investing, it requires capital that you can afford to lose. All investments are risky, nothing is guaranteed. But in certain emerging markets, you'd be surprised how little capital is necessary to grow extremely fast. I mean, I grew a tiny account into a quarter million in a few months during the black swan cryptocurrency crisis of 2018. I'm not making any claims here or saying that a recession is inevitable. It's just a lot of word is getting around right now. I don't know what's going to happen. No one does. I don't need to know because I don't make predictions. I make plans. I'm proactive about all possibilities regardless of market conditions. And the market moves based on the collective choices of all its participants. If the participants are fearful, that will be reflected in the prices. And as expected, Bitcoin and other key cryptocurrencies have plummeted in the last few days. Whatever happens next, it pays to be prepared. From virtual and augmented reality, the rise of blockchain, artificial intelligence, 5G networks, autonomous vehicles, the internet of things, and anti-aging breakthroughs, life is no longer limping along. And in a world of accelerating change that's now colliding with existential risks like COVID-19, knowing how to make your money work for you instead of you having to work for it is a future-proof skill. It's how you maintain a sense of security. It's how you protect your freedom, your friends, and your family. I'm here doing all this to flip this fear into opportunity. And I take that task seriously. So for the first time ever, I'm doing a series of live classes on recession-proof trading and investing. I'll be focusing on cryptocurrencies in particular, 
though the same methods and principles apply to stocks, Forex, and many other investment vehicles. I'm calling the class Crypto Acceleration. I don't know if I'll ever run this class again. I mean, I keep my trading and investments private for security reasons, among others. But I want to help if I can. And I think that the more artists are free to work on their art, the better. And I've earned some hard-won lessons and highly useful skills that I'd like to share with you. This is my response to the panic that we're seeing around every corner right now. So if you're interested, all you got to do is shoot me an email at joshua at with the word crypto in the subject line. And I'll shoot you over the details. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe out there. We'll talk soon.